Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Our Pack Politics Podcast. Today, we're talking about uh, a transgender's response. This is a transgender power lifter that we're going to talk about today. And uh, it's a response to some stuff that happened in, in reference to them and their powerlifting abilities. So there is an organization called 100% Raw Powerlifting Federation, and they stripped a person who feels like they are transgender of their titles, and they barred them from competing in a category that is not consistent with their chromosomes. So the individual that we're going to talk about today, the person who says that they've changed their sex and their gender, they've responded to the revocation of their titles. And that's what we're going to talk about in this podcast episode. Let's get this started. Week three of our PAC politics podcast. All right. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host, Brittany McDowell, and our podcast is brought to you by our organization, our United Resource PAC. We are a tax-exempt political organization. Before I jump in, I just want to let you know you probably noticed something different if you've watched us or not watched. If you've heard us before, you can't watch us. If you're watching me, you're creepy and you need to stop it. <laughs> but if you've, if you've listened to an episode before, you'll probably notice that we used to play an intro song. At first, the intro song was one that I made that I was personally super proud of, but that thing is gone. Uh, and then we kind of transitioned to just different kind of intros based on the feel of the episode. But I was like, you know what, that's like a minute or two, in some cases, almost even three minutes that we could save the people and, and spare their time and mine. So let's ditch that too. So we've decided to ditch the music so you won't have it in the beginning. And we will always jump right into our topic for the episodes effective immediately. So in case you are wondering if you are listening to us on a podcast platform that you are not familiar with or that you just don't like. Uh, we're on multiple podcast platforms. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. You'll find the link below in the description box of this episode. So before we get started, in this moment, guys, I have something that I want to tell you. So I'm just going to come out and say it. Right now, I identify as a six-year-old boy named Frank. Now, I know, I know before you just, you know, start giving me a whole time, I know I should be at school since this is totally real, since my feelings are reality. So I'll just ask nicely, please, do not, whatever you do, don't lock up my mother. She's been really, really good. I know, you know, that she hasn't been making me go to school for the last few years, but she's she's a really good mom, I promise. But, you know, if you must, again, because this is totally reality, I understand because, you know, I'm a six-year-old boy named Frank who should be at school right now. Now, Brittany is back for now, just, just a heads up, but... If you think I'm joking about people using this transgender stuff as a means of identifying as a different age, because it's not just gender, they're doing this with age now, 
I want you to listen to something. This is a guy named Steven Crowder. You can find him all over the web, but especially on YouTube. He has a show called Louder with Crowder. Check it out, uh, but listen to what he has to say. Slippery meat slope. Here's a story of a 52-year-old man who now identifies as a six-year-old girl. No, really. Let's watch. She said, stop being trans or leave. So that, to me, stop being trans isn't something I could do. It'd be like telling me to stop being, you know, six foot two and, or leave. Actually, it's the exact opposite of that. You're six foot two. You've accepted that you're six foot two. You don't try to chop off your shins and nubble about and tell everybody else that you're four foot eight. We all accept that you're six foot two. I paid a pretty heavy price for transitioning. And so at a certain point, I thought, I've already lost everything and everything's happened. I'm gonna be me and I'm gonna show other people that it's okay to be feminine for a guy. And so by coming completely out of the closet, it just liberated me to the point where Let's do this, let's talk about it, and let people know that this is okay. Except it's not, it's, it's, it's not okay. <laughs> 2007, when I actually stepped forward and started getting myself educated as to who I was and what this was, uh, I was pretty naive. But that naivete would quickly come to a crashing halt. At age 46, after 23 years of marriage and seven kids, Stephanie realized she wasn't a crossdresser. She was transgender, a person whose gender is different than the sex they were assigned at birth. I love this idea. They were assigned. This is the language they use. It was not a crossdresser. It was tra well, it looks like a crossdresser. It doesn't look any different. No one's seeing this dapper gentleman and confusing him for a six-year-old girl. But the language we use, and we're going to get something really important here because he abandoned his wife and kids, the culture of me, and that's what the LGBTQ AI and Asylum F transgender movement is about, the social justice warrior movement. It's about me and my personal happiness. Assigned at birth, like a doctor, took the baby out of the womb, looked at it, said, oh, there's a penis. What do we choose to assign this? I don't know. Let's oppress him with mail. That'll be good. That'll screw her up. You can find the link to the video clip that I just shared in the description box for this video. I definitely suggest you check it out again um, on a very personal level. Like I have been connected with Steven Crowder, not like, you know, we personally know each other, but like I've been a follower and a fan of him for the longest. So check him out. Um, not just this video, but other ones use this as your gateway drug to other Steven Crowder videos on louder with Crowder over on YouTube. So anywho, so he, Steven in this, in the clip that I just shared, he talked about something that we talked about last week. And that's this whole use of the word assigned. Now, I'm not going to go over that, you know, that whole conversation again today. But again, I just want you to note that I'm not the only one who notices it. Okay. This whole assigned stuff, 
y'all, they are they're really they're playing semantics. They're they're really, you know, linguistically messing us up. And that's why we've got to be very technical with these people. Oh, assigned? Let's talk about who assigned the chromosomes. If you don't know what I'm referencing, again, go back and listen to the other episode. I can't even remember which one it was at this point because we're doing two episodes a day. So in my mind, they're all like blending in together. But um, in the previous episode, I did talk about this use of the word assigned and how we should best respond uh, or what we should at least be thinking when they use that word assigned. So I'm just announcing to everyone that in this moment, I now identify as a 30-year-old woman named Shakisha. That's right, guys. Brittany is gone. Brittany has left the building. Now, I'm the same age. I'm the same gender. I'm even the same ethnicity because, you know, transracial is a thing, too. But I just feel like my name should be Shakisha. So address me as such for the duration of this podcast. All right. Now, I know that was a quick one, but Brittany is back. Hello. Hi, guys. So I'm Brittany, just again, but, you know, I'm the, I'm the same age and the same gender, same name, same ethnicity, guys. But here's the deal. Instead of me identifying or being assigned being a five, three and a half, I'm now six, seven. And I'm glad that guys get this. Even though the fact, even though I'm like six, seven now, I am still able to wear the same clothes that I had when I was five, three. They didn't rip. Nothing happened. You know, that's how reality works now. But so I'm just letting y'all know so y'all can keep up with, you know, my feelings throughout the show because feelings matter. Feeling or feelings are facts. And um, everyone must, you know, be subjugated to act in accordance with my feelings. So anywho, let's go ahead and let's jump into this story. Now, again, please remember, refer to me as Brittany, but I am six, seven. If you think of me as five, three and a half, you deserve to go to jail. And if you think of me, Brittany, as, as, as five, three and a half again after that, you deserve to go to hell. So, all right, there is this, this person. Now, remember what I said about us being very technical. So we're going to get through this story being very, very technical, guys, okay? So there, there's this person, and this person has the name of Mary Gregory. And this person wanted to compete in a local weightlifting event. Now, uh, the person, you know, did have to disclose their uh, their gender, their sex. Um, we can have the conversation uh, as we did in a previous episode about how some people consider gender and sex to be two different things. Some people, you know, believe them to be the same thing. They're just used interchangeably. We're not going to talk about that in this episode, but we will just say that this person uh, when they went to the event, they said that they were female. Now, this person has chromosomes that are consistent with men. Uh, now, we don't know that with certainty, like we haven't done any testing. Uh, however, we're not aware of any genetic abnormalities that would lead us to think otherwise based on physical characteristics that are common with people who have chromosomes that are consistent with men. So now this person, they, now, and notice, <laughs> not only am I being very technical, I'm staying away from the whole 
uh, pronoun thing. And that's something that I, you know, suggest that people do rather than have this back and forth about he, she, no, 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 just, just be very technical and just person. Everyone's a person. Everyone's an individual. Uh, you're not going to, you're not going to catch me on, on that. Okay. You're not going to derail me from the entirety of what we're talking about. But so this person, they competed and they won. Um, and after they won, this person went on Instagram and they told their followers that they set records for women uh, who were born in the same year as them. Again, I'm being very technical. I could have just said the same age. Uh, they also set records for women that are in the same class as them in the 100% Raw Powerlifting Federation based on their body mass. Again, being very technical, I could have just said weight. Uh, but Again, if there's one thing I've learned, especially on this issue, our our organization looks at many different issues, but particularly as it relates to gender, gender identity, biological gender, whatever you want to refer to this as, you are not going to be able to, I don't even want to say win because it's not about winning, but you're not going to be able to have a factual conversation, a reality-based conversation uh, if you let them catch you up on words. So be very factual and technical when having this conversation. So uh, again, this person went on uh, Instagram and, you know, they were super proud as, you know, they should be because in their mind, they set all kinds of women's records and just broke, just, just, man, they, they did the most, right? So, you know, again, <sighs> when I tell you this person won, I want to say, I don't know if it was nine or 10. It was one of the two. There were nine or 10 competitions that this person compete in. And um, they won all of them. So they were like 100 out of 100. Like everything they compete in, they they won. And so a, a few days later, um, the, the organization came and just flat out stripped this person of their titles and also barred them from competing as a woman. And again, guys, this person has chromosomes as best we know, consistent with men. And the only way to disprove that is to allow for testing, which we know they won't do because they can't, they can't compete with science. They can only have conversation based on feeling. So they'll never consent to well, let's do this testing to, to see, you know, okay, do your chromosomes, are they most consistent with the man or are they or, or are they more consistent with the woman? So now Paul Bossy, who's the president of 100% Raw Powerlifting Federation, said this, and I quote, she put down female. Clearly, she's not a female. Guys, this is absolutely too much honesty for these people nowadays. Just so you know, I now identify as a two-year-old cat named Katrina. Hello.
I'm a 46-year-old man named Brian. Shall we continue? All right, so apparently Brian was a fleeting identity and Brittany is back, but not the 6'7 Brittany and also not the 5'3 Brittany. Y'all, I have a penis and I think I have body integrity dysphoria. I feel like I should amputate my penis. So at this point, there's no telling who's here with you right now, but let's continue. All right, so I think I have a temporary control on my identity. So let's get back to what Paul Bossy, again, the president of 100% Raw Powerlifting Federation, let's see what he said again about all of this. You know, uh, he did say that their organization goes by biology and not feelings, you know, and, and it kind of makes me feel some sort of way, given as you can see what I just went through. I mean, you mean to tell me that that organization wouldn't recognize the fact that in the last few minutes I've transitioned into all these different people? My feelings, y'all, my feelings, they are absolutely and utterly on the floor. But okay, guys, he also said, and I quote, according to the rules, she can only lift in the men's division. I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings, but I have to follow the rules. What? So now, what did this person, that this person who felt like they could transform, they could transition, whatever you want to call it, at any given time, based on feelings, guys, again, we're not even talking medical procedures or medical intervention, what did they have to say in response to all of this? And and this is, this is let me, let me read you exactly what this person, because we can't dispute the fact that they're a person, right? Let's see what this person said. This person said, I felt like they were invalidating my gender and my identity, end quote. Remember the clip that I played at the beginning of this segment? Remember how Steven talked about the whole me mentality? What about the competitors of this person when the competitions were going on? What about the competitors who had chromosomes consistent with women? What about their gender and, and their identity? Guys, at the heart of this, this transgenderism, because it invalidates science and facts as we know them, it's it's very selfish. It, it has to be by its very nature. So here's 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 a fact for you, because you know I love to spit out facts, guys. Okay. Women with female biology, guys, they cannot compete against a man who has male physiology. And this is according to not my own words, but a woman by the name of Sharon Davies. She's a retired Olympic swimmer from England. Okay. Um, this is part of the reason we're seeing this push for them to get uh, children on hormone suppressants. So that way they don't go through puberty early on because they recognize that, especially when you're talking about somebody who transforms, transitions, we'll just call it the big T. Whenever somebody does the big T and they've done it post-puberty, they get the benefits of puberty, even if they come back and they end up taking hormones, you know, when they're doing the big T. So for instance, you know, if you have, for instance, a man and he goes through puberty as a man, he gets all the benefits or all the, uh, 
all the, the physical occurrences that come along with going through puberty as a male. Now, he may later, you know, even after puberty, puberty, when he decides to do the big T again, the transformation, transition, you know, whatever, uh, he can, you know, get on hormones that lessen the effects of what he went through during puberty, but it doesn't completely take it away. And then, guys, there are some things that that happen, you know, irrespective of puberty that are just purely physical differences between men and women. Guys, these are facts. And in case nobody has ever told you this, facts don't give a hoot or a flute about your feelings, okay? Now, maybe we need to consider having uh, transgender athletes, you know, have their own separate competitions. I don't know. We can, as a society, we can come up with solutions, you know, uh, and now the, this this federation, this, this 100% federation organization, uh, apologies, I don't remember the, the full name right off the top of my head, but they, you know, they very well do have the right to decide what happens with their organization. And, and you know, they can decide, well, hey, they need to have their own separate um, competitions that we'll have for them, you know, but, you know, I, I don't want to get into the business of saying, you know, well, hey, we need to force these organizations to, to do this because of people's feelings, you know? Um, now the person, again, we cannot dispute their person. The person who had their titles revoked said this, and I quote, there's this sense out there that I put on a dress and just stepped on the platform. That's exactly what they did. In case you're wondering what I am drinking during this podcast episode, I am drinking a lovely cup of coffee. Let me take a sip real quick before we continue. It's a little bit cold at this point, but so anywho, so guys, we can't just have people be able to proclaim themselves a female and be able to compete against women. You know, there has to be some sort of standards and, and flat out having a penis and competing at a, as a woman, like that should not fit any standard that as a society we are willing to uh, tolerate, you know. Uh, men, they have bigger hearts. Men have uh, more muscle mass. They have quicker reaction times. And if you take, for instance, uh, just say an average male, we're not talking about a, an, an athletically um talented or just superb male, if you take just an average male and you compare him physically and athletically to a, a physically exceptional woman or an athletically exceptional woman, not in all cases, because you know, you know, people try to, again, get you and play gotcha on absolutes. We're not talking absolutes, but in most cases, most often what will happen is that the average male is going to slaughter your physically exceptional, your athletically exceptional women, uh, especially when you're talking about sports where, say, muscle mass or reaction times are of benefit, you know, contact sports or weightlifting. Um, 
Again, we're just, again, can we just talk facts for a minute? You know, you could also, for instance, there's the other argument to be made about uh, testosterone. You know, obviously both men and women have testosterone, but it, it gives men an advantage in sport. And for instance, like if a, if a woman has too much testosterone, guys, in case you didn't know it, it's considered to be an abnormality and it's not consistent with the average woman. Even a woman who most people would look at and say that woman is athletically exceptional. It's, it's not common for her to have as much testosterone as a man, you know, and, and, you know, the, people love to have the, 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 the conversation about society and how it's changing and evolving. And I completely agree that it is, you know, I'm, I'm not going to dispute that we need to have that conversation. What I ask is that we question if these changes, if this evolution is for the better based on the fact that we're even having these kinds of conversations. Guys, if you would have, you know, I don't know how old you are as listeners. Um, even if I had the data in front of me based on uh, data from our podcast platforms, I wouldn't put y'all's business out there on the streets like that. I'm not going to do you like that and say that most of you'll fall between X and such years old. Uh, I, you see, I barely like to talk about my age. You know, <laughs> This weekend, I won't say I had a breakdown, but it was one of those times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm getting older. But anywho, so guys we can we can have conversations but but we need to look at the fact that if we would have had this conversation y'all even five ten years ago five years ago i mean it would have been strange but you know it wouldn't have been so strange but 10 years ago if you would have been talking about what we are talking about now most of us would have said we are absolutely lunatunes so uh, USA powerlifting. Let's look at something else that they also have to say about this. I'm going to read exactly what was said. And it references what I just said. Okay. Men naturally have a larger bone structure, higher bone density, stronger connective tissue, and higher muscle density than women. These traits, even with reduced levels of testosterone, do not go away. Now, while male to female, which again, referencing people who transition, transform, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, okay. While male to female may be weaker and less muscular than they once were, the biological benefits given to them at birth still remain over that of a female, end quote. What did I tell you guys? Facts. And let's repeat this. Say it with me now. Facts don't give a hoot or a flute about feelings. Let's say it one more time. Facts don't give a hoot or a flute about feelings. One more time in case people didn't hear. Facts don't give a hoot or a flute about feelings. Facts, y'all. Facts. We have to have politicians in office who see this madness for what it really is, okay? And, and when you look at these politicians in the 2020 election, I just want you to pay attention to where they are on this issue, even if they don't talk about it directly. And I'm not talking about just the whole sport aspect of this issue. I'm talking about gender, gender identity, transgenderism, trans speciesism, uh, you know, whatever isms. They're, just see where they are. And if you are questioning, well, 
Britney, because yes, I am back to Britney in case you didn't know. I've been back to Britney, the, the five, three and a half Britney for some time now. But uh, in case you didn't know, there are different ways that you can kind of look at a politician and see where they stand on an issue, especially if they don't want to talk about an issue. Because especially when you're talking about a a, a, a democratic state or, uh, well, actually, no, I'm not even going to say that because it, 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 it transcends party here. Republicans don't want to come out there or we'll say conservatives don't want to just in, in a lot of cases, but not all don't want to just come out and be against this because they're uh, concerned about how it could be perceived by constituents on the left, particularly if they're in a swing state or if they have um even if they're not necessarily in a swing state, if they're concerned about the level of swing that they could see in their state in this next election. Um, but on the other side, you also will have Democrats who really super support this stuff, but they may not be as open about their support because they are concerned about those constituents that may not fall in line with their, you know, and I mean, that's to be, that's with any politician, regardless of their party, uh, regardless of, you know, anything, they're always looking to say, okay, well, how can I convey, you know, my point without offending or without um, being able to have my words used against me in a way that uh, is not politically expedient? So, I just want to kind of give you some tips here on, okay, well, how do I know, you know, maybe I'm in a swing state where politicians, you know, aren't going to be as upfront about this issue. And then here's another thing to consider too, especially when an issue is a hot button issue in a current cycle or when it's really uh, controversial politically, y'all, they're really not going to, you know, you're going to find very few politicians who are going to be willing to openly stand on their convictions, or they may openly stand on their convictions, just say in support of the issue in front of one group of people, but then they get in front of another group of people and they either have convenient amnesia and don't remember what they said, or they, you know, kind of distance themselves from the issue. But so here's what you do. Look at their votes. Okay. Now, some people don't know, how to find out, you know, how and where, how politicians vote on certain issues. If you don't want to take it upon yourself to go online and do the research, while I advocate for that, and I think that's the absolute best thing to do, I can understand that can be tedious, but you can consider, you know, connecting with our organization and we'll be sure to let you know, not just on specific politicians, but on legislation as it comes out, uh, how politicians are voting because you've got to hold them accountable because it makes no sense to continue to allow these politicians to get up there and campaign on one thing, but vote in a completely different way when it comes time to vote. And they only do that because we allow them. Like we, we have to get past this whole, you know, saying, oh, well, you know, politicians are just, they don't, they don't do what they were elected to do. You know, the common thing that we, that at least I can say I've heard is, you know, politicians, they campaign on one thing and then they get in office and they do something completely different. Have you ever heard the phrase, guys, that people only do to you what you allow? Do you not recognize that politicians work for us? We don't work for them. 
They they like to manipulate our minds to make us think that that you know we are we're working for them uh and you know we're just their minions. No, they're our minions. Period. So look at their votes. If they're not voting accordingly, they got to go. You got to go, bro. Sis, you got to go, you know? Listen to their speeches. You know, you might not Feel like listening to the entirety of speeches, especially when you get into this presidential election. Some of these speeches can just go on and on and on and on. Quite frankly, I haven't had, at least in this current cycle, I haven't had the wherewithal to listen to too many of them. Because, <clears throat> y'all, they're not saying too much at this point. But even if you can't listen to the entire speech, listen to snippets. Listen to snippets. Even better, Read some transcripts. You can, again, you can see where they are on issues there. Look at their press releases. Now, these two, press releases to me are going to be some of your most forthright um, uh, statements from politicians. Uh, they, obviously there's there's PR that's involved with, with uh, press releases. Um, obviously PR, press release public relations, whatever. Um, but they're, they're meant to be a little bit more factual uh, than, for instance, a campaign speech. A campaign speech is meant to convey, oh, well, this is how I feel about the issues. No, 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 no. I mean, for instance, look at one of our recent press releases on our website, which you can find on the link below uh, of this description. We put out a press release that was very, very factual. We're going to be running independent expenditures against Kamala Harris in the 2020 election. And these are the reasons why. Like there's nothing to, you know, you don't have to, when you get press releases, you don't, there's not, you don't have to read into it. You don't have to wonder, well, hmm, what do they mean by this? No, it's it's meant to be right there and factual and in your face. So if you, out of all of these, not just ones that I've named so far, but the ones that I'm going to name here in just a second, if you listen to any of these and you're like, uh, you know, which one should I choose? I only want to do one. I don't have time for all of this. Consider the press releases is probably one of like your better things uh, or one of the best things to kind of choose from in terms of how you can see where a politician stands on an issue. Okay. Um, also, you can consider reading their social media and, 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 and connecting with them. And, but personally, I don't necessarily view that as the best way to uh, interpret how politicians feel on issues. Why? Because social media is meant as a medium to connect with the masses, right? And if you're dealing with the masses, uh, many of which have different ideology, you're going to try to appeal to different segments. I mean, that's in their natural nature, specifically because politicians, it requires an electorate to get them elected they can't just appeal to one faction, you know? And so that said, when it comes to social media, that's going to be your medium where you're going to be having to uh, do the most interpreting or, you know, saying, oh, well, at five o'clock they said this, but then at six o'clock they said something that totally contradicted what they said at five. Yeah, bro, go back to the press releases. <laughs> go back to the press releases. So, you know, I'm not telling you not to engage on social media with politicians. I think it's, you know, it gives you a level of access that you didn't have before social media, but Take what you're finding on social media as a grain of salt, specifically as it relates to finding out where they stand on issues. Um, 
Another thing you can do and kind of, you know, the last thing that I'll suggest here is to watch who they're making appearances with and, and where they go. I will talk about, you know, I don't want to say exactly how you can expect it could be a blog post, could be a chat on on uh, our on an upcoming episode. Uh, you, you'll be surprised how we will talk about this. But there's a politician. She will go. At least, you know, it's a she at this point. She'll go unnamed. And she, you know, went to this gay bar with the transgender and, you know, was really campaigning heavy there, you know, pay attention. Even if you want to watch it on mute, ask yourself, where are these people going and who are they going with? Because that should tell you whose support they are trying to gain. So obviously, if you feel like, for instance, you know, you don't want to vote for a presidential candidate who supports the promotion of transgender ideology, you probably should consider not voting for a politician who is palling around town with transgenders. Guys, this stuff, no matter whatever medium that you use, it's going to tell you volumes about where these people stand on issues. Again, some no no medium is foolproof. No, no way in which you discern how these people stand on issues is, is going to be foolproof. There will always be a certain level of uncertainty, but some are more reliable than other. Consider also the target of the medium. Like I said, social media is meant for the masses. Press releases, those are typically meant for the press. And again, you're dealing most of the times with hard, cold facts that don't leave you with questions when you're dealing with press releases, okay? So anywho, just, just last note about this, and, I, and I'm done on this issue. Politicians, the main thing here is that we have to hold them accountable for voting accordingly. But in order to hold these politicians accountable for voting accordingly, you have to make sure that you vote accordingly in the 2020 presidential election. If you would like to respond to anything that I've said during this episode, uh, or if you just want to ask just general questions about our organization, because remember, we're not just a podcast. We are a tax-exempt political organization. Uh, if you want to ask some questions about me, so long as they are appropriate, go ahead and click the link below, and you will have the ability to record a voice message um, and ask your question. Uh, and I will uh, respond, play it and respond to it in an upcoming episode. Now, I can't guarantee that it will be in that, you know, immediate, uh, uh, the, the next immediate episode, but uh, I will do my best to address it as, as soon as possible. So uh, again, you can find that link in the description box of this episode. And if you want to be notified of our newest podcast episodes, Make sure you follow us uh, on Twitter or you like us on Facebook. The links for those are in the description box of this episode. Again, those are the best ways to find out, uh, you know, when we release a new episode. So thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, welcome to week three of our uh, podcast. We've made some changes. I'm super happy, super excited. Guys, every day that we go on with this podcast, I, you know, am more and more excited about connecting with you guys and, and getting information out there. So be sure to rate this podcast if you're on a platform that allows you to be, the ability to do so. If you can also specifically rate the episode, make sure you do that as well. And 
Last but not least, don't be greedy. Don't be selfish. Share this episode. People need to hear about it. People need to hear about this this transgender powerlifting stuff. You know, share it in a transgender powerlifting group. Share it in a powerlifting group. Uh, you know, wherever you want to share it, feel free to share it and uh, make sure you get that information out there. So you have a great day. I will be back with another episode later on this evening. If you want to see what I'm talking about, you know what I've got to say about that. Come on back to find out. Have a great day, guys. I will see you later.